Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And once again, we're diving deep into the world of California versus Activision. If you aren't familiar with this story, please do check out our playlist. When this video goes up, it will be nine videos long and details the start of the lawsuit that California brought against the major video game publisher for sexual harassment, gender pay disparities, and as we will see in the amended complaint today, more and all the discussions that have come out of that, including Activision's responses, firing of various Blizzard personnel, and all the rest. If you're interested in the story, please do check out the playlist. We've got a lot in there. But today's amended complaint, or more specifically yesterday's amended complaint, raises the stakes a little bit and is being reported on in social media in the way that California intends as describing Activision as a very nefarious actor. Axios found the story first, headlining it, California expands lawsuit against Activision Blizzard. Now, what does Axios say happened here? A couple of things. One, they said that when California filed this amended complaint, which is a perfectly normal part of the process as they continue their investigation, they change things and target different things within their complaint. They changed the group that they are defending from the employees of Activision Blizzard to a group that includes temporary workers, contract workers at Activision Blizzard. So as we talked about in the very first video of this series, this is kind of an odd one. It looks a lot like a class action, like we would see in a normal civil proceeding where you've got a plaintiff's law firm, they find a lead plaintiff, they represent all the like-situated individuals in that circumstance. The difference is now in this California case, we have an agency acting on behalf of itself through its statutory authority in California, and then also purporting to act on behalf of basically all affected workers at Activision Blizzard. Now their complaint focuses on women, so it's going to be all women workers at Activision Blizzard, but it's a big group. And it calls into question exactly what will happen after this case either goes to court or settles because you're still going to have parties that are potentially aggrieved that might have their own civil class action as a part of this story. This could be going on for a long, long time. As Axios says throughout the lawsuit, the word employees has been changed to workers in reference to harassment, sex discrimination regarding pay and other allegations. And then the big ticket item. The DFEH, California, also says Activision Blizzard has stymied its efforts through NDAs requiring employees to speak with the company ahead of contacting the agency and its involvement with Wilmer Hale, a law firm the game maker said will investigate misconduct issues. They also wound up saying that documents related to investigations and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel in violation of what it asserts is the game company's legal obligation to retain them pending the investigation, which is what we're going to talk about today. Of course, we're not going to rely solely on Axios. I think they did a good job, honestly, summarizing what is happening in this document. We're going to look at the document itself, most of which is the same as it appeared when we originally looked at it. But we are going to look at the new complaint and the new factual basis for their bringing of the complaint. And there are a lot of things to talk about with respect there too. First, we do confirm that they've expanded the group that they are purporting to be acting in behalf of, as the state of California, employees and contingent or temporary workers, your contractors, your consultants, whatever else it might be that's related to Activision Blizzard. And then we go and see the rest. Now, there are a couple of things that have been changed here in respective typos. The Crosby suite is no more. It has been corrected to be the Cosby suite. So good on the state of California for that. That's just a human being type typographical error. Lawyers are people too, so that's no big deal. But they did correct it in this version. 
And then we get to paragraph 52, the new factual basis for what they're going to bring as a suppression of evidence complaint in this document. They say retaliation for assisting a government enforcement action. In addition to retaliation for employee complaints regarding sexual harassment and discrimination, defendants also retaliated against employee opposition to practices forbidden under FEHA and employee assistance or perceived assistance with civil rights enforcement. Not only did you retaliate, Activision claims California, against people that were sexually harassed against, you retaliated against people that complained about it or the way that you were treating it or talking to us. After the department opened its investigation and employees opposed practices forbidden under FEHA, engaged in or were perceived to be engaged in protected activity, DFEH requested documents related to employee complaints, communications, and records about harassment or discrimination by defendants. They said, look, give give us your records, protect those records, and turn them over because we're investigating your company. Defendants, Activision, refused to produce relevant evidence to DFEH, claiming that the company's receipt of complaints or investigation of discrimination or harassment complaints is privileged and they thereby suppressed evidence and interfered with a government investigation seeking relief for employees who suffered unlawful conduct. Now, California is, of course, presenting their case as strongly as possible. And Activision could be a nefarious mustache twirling bad actor here that is deliberately suppressing evidence. But as we go through this section, one thing that you need to keep track of as Activision and California need to keep track of as well is that not every piece of paper or document that is created by Activision, even in respect of these kinds of issues, is something that is subject to discovery or handover in this specific circumstance. And there are exceptions to requirements to turn over documents of all sorts. The one that Activision appears to be leaning on here, at least as described by the state of California, is one that you might be familiar with if you watch legal television shows, and that's the attorney-client privilege. The practice of law, of having a lawyer be able to represent you faithfully, to be fully and completely honest with that counsel, is greatly aided by the ethical obligation to keep attorney materials confidential. And that's a privilege that the attorney doesn't retain. This might be something that you don't know, but it's a privilege retained by the client, him, her, or it, in the case of Activision, self. So Activision says, look, when we get one of these complaints, we consult with our attorneys, whether in-house or outside counsel. And in-house counsel in this role is where you get into big issues because are they a business person? Are they a lawyer, etc.? And so they're using it as a shield. They're saying, look, When we have these conversations, we need to know what our liability is. We need to make sure we make good decisions. If you're a good actor, if you don't think this is Activision, put in place a company that you think is a good, well-meaning corporate citizen, then you're using the attorney-client privilege process to make sure that your employees are taken care of in a confidential manner. But if you're a bad actor, and maybe you're inclined to think of Activision as this, then you can use attorney-client privilege to talk about all sorts of nefarious things and maybe get that discussion privileged. Now, receipt of complaints, you'll notice, is bracketed here by the state of California. I wonder what it is that Activision actually said in that quote. But obviously, the receipt of the complaints themselves might not be something that would be privileged. That would be an employee communication to the company itself. Could be a part of the personnel file, which we will talk about in just a second. But when you actually have an investigation done in the capacity of an attorney, you might well have that privilege. California says, nope, that shouldn't be allowed. Activision is 
impliedly without a defensive document because they haven't filed one yet, saying that they are rightfully claiming privilege here. California then says, defendant's counsel stated as a threshold issue, we note that the investigator is an attorney. Her work related to receipt or investigations of discrimination or harassment complaints is privileged. Throughout the department's two-year investigation, defendants have taken several adverse actions in response to employee complaints and assistance with the department, including repeatedly cloaking the receipt or investigation of employee discrimination and harassment complaints in attorney-client privilege. It should come as no surprise that an investigative body doesn't much care for the privilege concept here. And it should also come as no surprise, as I said, if you're inclined to see Activision as a bad actor, that bad acting companies try to use privilege as a shield in a way that is untowards. The problem I have with the reporting on this so far is that it essentially assumes that California is correct in its assertion that one or more of these documents shouldn't properly be thought of as privileged when on the outside, we can't make that determination. Activision might be completely wrong on everything it tried to claim as privileged here. It might be completely right, or more likely it's right on some of the things it's trying not to disclose and wrong on other things that it's trying not to disclose. But ultimately what this is, is a fight about what is responsive to the request made by the department for the delivery of documents. Paragraph 53, similarly in response to the filing of this suit, Defendants again took similar actions. Defendants retained a law firm to conduct an attorney-led confidential investigation of unlawful practices raised in employees' complaints and assistance with the government enforcement action. Within a week of filing the action and immediately following employees' public assistance, defendants issued a public statement that announced it retained the law firm of Wilmer Hale to, among other things, be available to speak with you on a confidential basis and your outreach will be kept confidential. California claims this directly interferes with the department's statutory mandate to investigate, prosecute, and remedy workplace discrimination and harassment violations on behalf of employees and contingent or temporary workers who engaged in or were perceived to engage in protective activity. And California might be right, but it's worth noting that the actual statement that Activision made was that you can use any of our many existing channels for reporting or to reach out to Wilmer Hale or to otherwise talk about anything that makes you uncomfortable, that Wilmer Hale is effectively an option. The state of California is essentially saying, if Activision makes available a confidential channel, then that hurts the state of California's ability to investigate. But the state of California doesn't have a mandate to require employees to report to it on any given thing. If employees want to use a confidential channel, if they want to settle with Activision, they want to do these other things. Yes, that makes California's life harder. And I don't blame them for bringing this action and this part of their complaint, but it kind of confuses the issue as to what Activision has to do to be responsive to their request. In other words, look at it from the opposite direction. You don't like Wilmer Hale. Pretend it's a law firm that you do like. Is it the case that California says Activision should never allow or pay for an outside party, again, pretending that they don't have a relationship with the law firm that they select for this purpose, that could allow employees to talk to it on a confidential basis, that you want to have the ability to correct internally the problems at your company. Is it the case everywhere and always that the company can't afford that option to its employees and has to have them go through the state of California? I would argue that it is not. Obviously, California doesn't love that answer. And so they bring the complaint in this fashion. Then we have California's biggest reach, in my opinion, and that's reading settlement content wrongly. 
Paragraph 54, in response to employees' protected activity, defendants have also taken adverse actions aimed at curtailing employee rights in this government enforcement action, such as soliciting waivers of employee rights and obtaining repressive, if not punitive, secret settlements of sexual harassment claims, non-disclosure agreements, and non-disparagement agreements with severe penalties against employees. Without any notice of the pending government enforcement action under the California Fair Employment and Housing Act and the California Labor Code, defendants require employees to inter alia agree to the following waivers of rights. Now, what we're about to look at looks to me like a settlement agreement. The first bullet, employees are required to release all known and unknown claims that I presently have against the company, the California Fair Employment and Housing Act, the California Labor Code, etc. And now, I can't imagine that this is in fact the provision in the Activision document as you enter into employment with Activision. In fact, all these bullets suggest that this is a settlement kind of document. The second bullet, employees are required to agree to non-disclosure terms that state, I have not disclosed and will never disclose the terms or existence of the settlement, which implies that we're talking about settlement documents. So whereas this sentence suggests that Activision is making all of its employees sign these documents, it's really only talking about employees that want to settle with Activision on the basis of some kind of complaint that they could have made in respect to the way Activision has treated them or somebody at Activision has treated them. So in that context, we look at this and say, all right, it's a settlement document. If you're settling with Activision, one, the employee has decided that that's their preferred outcome. Yep, that doesn't help the state of California, but any given individual doesn't have an obligation to help the collective or help the state do anything. And so they want to settle with Activision and they say, okay, then I agree that for whatever amount of money you're going to give me or other perks that you're going to give me, I'm giving up all of my claims against you. That's what Activision is buying. That's what any company is buying when they settle a complaint. You don't want to wind up in court the next day. So they give up the claims in exchange for what should be something that is acceptable to them. They will not disclose the terms or existence of the settlement to anyone other than a member of my immediate family or my attorney or other professional advisor. That's the NDA portion of the settlement. And I understand folks that come out and say, I don't like this for public policy reasons. I don't like that a company can settle complaints of this nature and have an obligation of these people to not talk about it. I understand not liking that. Employees are required to agree to non-disparagement terms that state, I agree not to criticize, denigrate, or otherwise disparage the company. Again, this is what Activision is buying. They're buying, you're not going to talk about this anymore. We're going to pay you a lot of money. You're not going to sue us. You're not going to talk bad about the company. And then California completely misreads the next bullet. Employees are required to notify defendants before talking to the DFEH or another government agency. And this appears to be a quote, although it's missing the opening quote mark. I can make disclosures that are truthful representations in connection with a report or complaint to an administrative agency, but only if I notify the company of a disclosure obligation or request within one business day after I learn of it and permit the company to take all steps it deems to be appropriate to prevent or limit the required disclosure. Now, this is again standard. Again, it's standard for every kind of NDA. If you've got a confidentiality agreement with someone, then one of the things that you wind up saying is it won't be a breach of this agreement if you respond to a government action, a court of competent jurisdiction, an agency that's investigating something lawfully because a contract can't prevent those things anyway. So you put in the provision, no, that's not a breach. You also put in that contract provision that though it won't be a breach, if someone asks you to disclose something, then you'll tell us about it and we'll try to quash the request. We'll try to defend against it because obviously the confidentiality was something that we bought. But that's standard. The other thing that it doesn't do 
is it doesn't limit somebody from actually going and reporting something on their own recognizance. Yes, you've agreed not to disclose this, but you're always going to have the legal right to disclose things in respect of a investigation of this nature. As you can tell from the language here, a disclosure obligation or request suggests it's something coming from the investigative body. If you personally want to go and talk to somebody else about this, you're going to have a pretty good defense against Activision or any other company that you've entered into a contract with that you aren't breaching the disclosure obligations in that document because you voluntarily did this and this was something that was unlawful and you've got whistleblower protection and all that kind of thing. What this is designed to prevent is the employee that's happy with the settlement, happy with the money they got, don't want to disclose anything and are being forced to. They're being asked by a court, maybe under subpoena by the DFEH or otherwise. And if that happens, if that scenario occurs, then you promise that because you don't want to disclose it, you don't want to be on their side on this, that you'll tell Activision first. The next bullet, employee will jointly request with the company that certain disclosures be filed under seal. Again, these are the concepts that relate to a disclosure obligation or request of an agency. These are the kind of things that are talked about with an employee that doesn't want to otherwise disclose this information. And then, of course, you further acknowledge and agree that if you breach any of your agreements with the company, your entitlement to any and all benefits shall immediately and permanently cease. So this is a standard settlement document. This is a standard release document. We're going to give you money and you're going to say nothing about any of this. You're not going to sue us. You're not going to denigrate us. And you're not going to share any of this information. If you're forced to, you'll give us a crack at stopping it. And if you breach this kind of concept, then you'll give the money back. None of this is terribly untowards, even if you might not like the concept itself. But it's framed by California as something that is nefarious and evil in a fashion that I think is going too far for the state of California, who otherwise has some pretty good claims throughout this document, as we have talked about. Paragraph 56, defendants' unlawful policies and practices effectively allowed and continue to allow retaliation and other unlawful conduct to occur in defendants' workplace. Employees and contingent or temporary workers have suffered and will continue to suffer harm from defendants' ongoing unlawful practices and policies unless they are remedied and enjoyed by this court. You got to stop them, court. This isn't good enough to wait for damages. You got to get in there and actually mandate that they don't do X, Y, or Z, which is what that particular complaint is all about. You want to tell the court that this kind of thing is happening. It's hurting discovery, and the court needs to enjoin this activity so that all the documents get over the fence to the state of California so that they can properly investigate things. Now, what does this look like in complaint form? Well, thankfully, in complaint form, we have some laws that we can reflect upon. Paragraph 159, Government Code Section 12946, makes it an unlawful employment practice for an employer to fail to maintain and preserve any and all applications, personnel, membership, or employment referral records and files for a minimum period of two years after the records and files are initially created or received or for employers to fail to retain personnel files of applicants or terminated employees for a minimum of two years after the date of employment action taken. Then you've got California Labor Code 1197.5, which requires that every employer shall maintain records of the wages and wage rates, job classifications, and other terms and conditions of employment of the persons employed by the employer, and all of those records shall be kept on file for a period of three years. And that's a lot to take in, but we've got certain obligations of the defendant of Activision to keep certain records for two years and other records for three years or longer, as we shall see. And we can go and we can reference these laws because California doesn't always quote them super accurately. And we'll, of course, talk about that as part of this conversation. So here we have 12946. It shall be unlawful to fail to maintain and preserve 
any and all applications, personnel, membership, or employment referral records for a minimum of two years. So after the records and files are initially created or received. So what we're talking about here is when you create files, you put them in your personnel folder covering an individual, then you have to keep it for two years. And that's in respect of things like this, of problems that you might have, of investigations that someone might enter into. The issue is there isn't a great definition that I could find for what actually goes into these personnel files and records. You do have certain references, such as an obligation here in the Labor Code 1198.5. Every current and former employee or his or her representative has the right to inspect and receive a copy of the personnel records that the employer maintains relating to the employee's performance or to any grievance concerning the employee. But that isn't separately an obligation to actually maintain those things. If we look at other California records, you get hey, what types of records in my personnel file am I entitled to see? This is a website that's employee-facing. It says categories of records that are generally considered to be personnel are those that are used or have been used to determine an employee's qualifications for promotion, additional compensation, or disciplinary action, including termination. Now, again, that's kind of a broad stroke kind of statement. It says the following are some examples, but the list is not at all inclusive. So what goes into this folder is in at least significant part a function of how the company decides to do business. So yes, when we talk about disciplinary action, we would expect if Activision is doing what it's supposed to be doing, that investigations of somebody harassing someone else would be a piece of information in their file folder in some respect, because you're going to be basing your employment decisions on that in certain important respects. But it might not be the case. And it might be the standard that Activision destroys certain documents related to certain things, which represent, if we're being honest, exposure items on a legal basis. And if they don't keep that information, then is that destruction, is that something that gets you in trouble on a complaint like this? Or is it just bad documentation? And one of the things that California is going to suffer here is that they are not going to be able to state with clarity, at least not from my perspective, that the destruction that they're claiming is happening directly in response to this complaint or to a complaint made to them. It says other state and federal law require employers to create and maintain various personnel records, including compensation records, et cetera, et cetera. And then Cal Code regs Title II 11013 requires that upon notice of or knowledge that a complaint has been filed against it, any respondent shall maintain and preserve any and all relevant records and files under, until such complaint is fully and finally disposed of and all appeals from related proceedings have concluded. So again, California is trying to put in your mind that what happened here was that Activision knew that someone had filed a legal complaint and then destroyed documents anyway. And you'll see here, I've highlighted in red against it because this isn't actually what 11013 says. Upon notice of or knowledge that a complaint has been filed against it actually becomes upon notice of or knowledge that a complaint has been filed against it under the act under the law, under this specific provision that talks about filing something with the state of California. Any respondent shall maintain and preserve any and all relevant records. And it's weird because in a legal document, in a complaint like this one, you don't have quotes open and closed without the language that appears to be required. It does imply that there's an obligation to retain documents for any complaint right? The word complaint doesn't suggest an actual legal action. If somebody goes to HR at Activision and says, Bob is harassing me, that's a complaint as we understand it in the English language. And the way that this is written in paragraph 161 suggests that that's what California means. That's what the law means. But they didn't include the language as best as I can tell that actually says what it does, which is under the act. 
that Activision doesn't have this obligation to do this preservation of things that don't otherwise fall under these very specific provisions unless they know of a complaint. If we look at 12.946 again, talking about the obligation with respect to a complaint, we see upon notice that a verified complaint against it has been filed under this part, any such employer, labor organization, or employment agency shall maintain and preserve any and all records and files until the complaint is fully and finally disposed of. So once you know that something has been filed with the state of California, specifically with the DFEH, then you have an obligation to maintain and preserve everything related to that complaint until the complaint is fully and finally disposed of. But it isn't just one person complaining to HR. That's not what complaint means in this statute. And I think California elides that a little bit. The other kind of category you saw us talk about was termination kind of items, right? For a period of two years after the records are filed and initially created or received, or for employers to fail to retain personnel files of applicants or terminated employees for a minimum period of two years after the date of the employment action taken. So once somebody is fired, you have an obligation to keep for two years their personnel files or their terminate employees or applicants personnel files. And that doesn't necessarily encompass everything that they have ever touched. So let's see what California actually accuses them of. Upon the filing of the, de of the department's director's complaint, amended complaint, and second amended complaint, the department sent a document retention notice to defendants. That's normal. You go and tell Activision, don't destroy anything, which notified defendants of their obligation to not destroy, conceal, or alter any documents or data relevant to the director's complaints. Continuing from there, the question is, did Activision properly respond to that particular document retention notice? Paragraph 163 says, hiring Wilmer Hale and telling people that they can talk to Wilmer Hale on a confidential basis is its own problem. And as we talked about, that is undoubtedly something that California doesn't love. It might well be shady. It might well be a circumstance where you say Activision is trying to funnel people through an attorney-client privileged relationship so that we can hide information from the state of California, but it doesn't require that particular reading. And the question becomes, is it unlawful to offer this service to your employees in this context? And we don't actually see the state of California tie it to any specific level of unlawfulness. It's just a paragraph that kind of sits out here with the implication being that they could only be nefarious bad actors. By the time we get to paragraph 164, though, California is shooting with both guns. During DFEH's investigation, the department requested documents and communications pertaining to complaints made by defendants personnel and any inv investigation into such complaints. The department further requested documents and correspondence related to compensation and pay equity analyses and waivers and or releases of claims under the FEHA. Defendants refused to produce documents regarding complaints and investigations of discrimination and harassment by asserting that one, they did not exist, or two, that they were privileged and confidential because attorneys were involved in the receipt of complaints and the investigations. Now, that's a little bit of rhetorical device using that California is, is putting forth here because, because attorneys were involved is not enough to get attorney-client privilege, right? You're listening or watching a virtual legality right now. I'm an attorney. I am talking to you. The communication that I'm having with you right now is not privileged. One, because I'm making it in public on very public avenues like YouTube and various podcast channels. Two, because you're not my client, as we put forth in the disclaimer at the end of every virtual legality episode. And three, because I'm not acting in the capacity of an attorney, period. 
right? If you're in-house counsel at Activision or somewhere else and someone asks you to talk about a business strategy, whether or not you should release Call of Duty or whether or not you should release Call of Duty, and that question is posed to you, you are now acting in a business capacity. And regardless of what you say, even though you are a barred attorney in the state of California or elsewhere, that isn't a privileged communication because it doesn't have to do with the practice of law. That said, if you're investigating a sexual harassment complaint in your capacity of analyzing law, talking about exposures, liability, counseling your client, which at that point becomes the company, then that well might be a privileged communication. And so what California is saying is that Activision isn't using the shield properly, isn't using the privilege properly, because they're just claiming that anytime an attorney, someone with a bar license was involved, that the actual document was privileged. We can't know how legitimate that is from either the California or the Activision side, except to note that there are documents and investigations and methodologies that Activision could be using that are legitimate. You don't have to assume that California is 100% correct here. You also don't have to assume that Activision isn't hiding the ball. But what they are saying is that Activision is essentially cheating on privilege by just using attorneys to talk about these things and then claiming privilege after the fact. You'll note also that, as I said, the first one is that they don't exist. California doesn't really assert that they do exist, just that Activision is using privilege in a bad way. But to the extent they don't exist, they don't exist. And maybe you can make the claim, as they do in this document, that they weren't properly keeping files. But it's important to note that the law is specific in its requirements. It's personnel files. It's specific things. It's not necessarily equity analyses and things that are second order functions of the data set itself. Defendants also withheld as privileged and confidential the documents and correspondence on compensation and pay equity analyses purported to address gender disparities because the analysis involved attorneys. Again, you see that same language. So one of the things that's happening here is that Activision and California fundamentally disagree on what they need to turn over. You go and you look at these laws and you see an obligation to preserve things like personnel membership or employment referral records. You see an obligation to keep things while they know that a complaint is filed with the state of California. You see another obligation that's referenced by the state here that says that every employer shall maintain records of wages, wage rates, job classifications, and other terms and conditions of employment for that three-year period we saw in the first paragraph. But note what it doesn't say. Yes, if you keep wages and wage rates, if you say you're paid $15 an hour, your title is junior whatever, and the terms and conditions of your employment are at will, then you've probably complied with this obligation. You do it for all 10,000 of your employees. But when you start to do analytical data analyses of these things, how they function, whether or not there's a disparity, what that disparity might be, do you have an obligation to maintain those records? Do you have an obligation to create those records? And when you're looking at a lawsuit like this, do you want the state of California to suggest that if you do go through the process of investigating this, presumably if you're a good actor because you want to make sure there aren't disparities and you want to be acting as a good corporate citizen, then if you go through that trouble, you paid some lawyer a lot of money to make the report, then if you wind up in an investigation scenario, you have to turn that report over to the state of California. I would strongly suggest that in terms of incentives, if you're California, you don't want that to be the case. You don't want to encourage companies to turn a blind eye to everything and to not engage in this reporting process, to not figure out where there might be disparities, to not improve themselves, because if they go through any effort to improve themselves, they must turn it over. And the law doesn't appear to require that on its face. A second order analysis, analytical discussion of the data at its base is something that probably is privileged if an attorney is functioning in that attorney capacity 
on behalf of the company. Obviously, if you have to turn over the baseline data itself, the state of California can engage in its own analysis of whether or not there's a disparity without seeing this particular analysis that you saw and created for purposes of maybe if you're Activision acting nefariously, maybe if you're Activision acting as a good corporate citizen. We don't know, but it's important to make these detailed understandings because the state of California is just asserting that these documents are required under the law while not pointing directly to language that would suggest that is the case. Defendants also withheld and or denied the existence of waivers and or releases. Defendants have therefore not maintained, preserved, and or made records available upon request of the department as required under relevant authorities. Department is also informed and aware that documents and records have not been maintained as required by law or by the department's document retention notice, including but not limited to documents related to investigations and complaints were shredded by human resource personnel and emails are deleted 30 days after an employee's separation. Now, there's two things happening in this paragraph, one of which is really bad and one of which is maybe not so bad, or at least not something that we can read as nefarious. The really bad thing is they tie in their document retention notice. And that document retention notice would have been signed off on by their lawyers and everyone else and should say pretty specifically what it is you have to prevent destroying over at Activision. If you just read this as talking about the retention notice, then that's very, very bad. When you have a legal document that orders you not to destroy documents and you look at that legal document and you destroy them anyway, that's how you get into a lot of trouble with the court. And hey, Activision might have done that. But note what this paragraph is also doing. It's first combining the notion that they aren't maintaining the proper documents, saying that investigations and things have to go into the personnel file when they don't actually point to anything that suggests that they do have to go into that personnel file. And then they're saying that they are shredding human resource information that is related to, quote unquote, investigations and complaints. Again, they're using the word complaint. They aren't talking about the legal concept of a complaint under the act to the department itself or to the investigations. And if you're going to say you are shredding this stuff in violation of the law, you got to point to the law that says you have to create it and maintain it in the first place. They think they did that by saying that the personnel records have to be kept for two years after termination or from two years from creation and that wage data has to be kept for three years and those kinds of things. But this is a fight about whether separate investigations, separate analyses, separate individual complaints, not of a legal basis, have to be kept in those records under California law. And I'm not sitting here telling you that California is going to lose that argument. I'm telling you that it isn't as clean as some folks have reported on it being. Yes, if they violated the document retention notice, they're in a whole heap of trouble. But for other things, investigations and complaints that were shredded, you actually have to establish that that's a violation of the law. And with respect to emails being deleted 30 days after an employee's separation, they don't point to anything that suggests that emails need to be retained after an employee's separation. They imply that that might relate to the document retention notice where you would have to keep them if they're tangentially related to the complaint that was made by the department. But in general, it's good corporate citizenry and good maintenance of your server network and everything else to get rid of emails from folks that have left your employee. In fact, a lot of companies have fairly draconian email destruction policies for people that are currently in their employ because, hey, emails take space. They're often not great to have around for any number of reasons. And so you destroy them as you go. Those aren't personnel records. And everything that the state of California pointed to is talking about that specific personnel record concept. So yes, if it's tied to the notice, big problems. If it's not, if it's little I investigations, little C complaints, maybe not as big of a deal. Either way, this entire 
portion of the complaint and the paragraphs that precede it is about whether or not the documents in question had to be retained slash turned over. And it's not a slam dunk for the state of California on some of this stuff. Secondary analyses, investigations conducted by lawyers. It isn't as obvious that this is a problem as one might think just reading the reports on it. Which brings us to Activision's response to IGN. As for a comment, an Activision Blizzard spokesperson sent the following statement to IGN. Throughout our engagement with the department, we have complied with every proper request in support of its review, even as we had been implementing reforms to ensure our workplaces are welcoming and safe for every employee. We talk a lot about language here in virtual legality. I highlighted the word proper in red because that's doing a lot of work in that sentence, right? If you say you complied with every request, that's easy enough to understand. If you say you complied with every proper request, That means that you don't think that some of their requests were proper. And that's where the fight and friction comes in. That's a legal question. And it's a legal question based on the facts and circumstances of how the investigations were conducted, who conducted them, what purpose they served, when they were destroyed, in response to what, the policies for overall destruction at the company. Because there's lots of good reasons to regularly destroy documents at a corporate level for security reasons, for keeping things just organized in your file system or otherwise. There are a hundred good reasons to to shred documents and to destroy them and to keep your company pristine as to how you're record keeping. There are also a number of bad reasons. And obviously the state of California wants you to think of those bad reasons first. Activision doesn't say we complied with everything the state asked for. They say we complied with every proper request they made to us. So that's definitely where the fight lives. Then they tell IGN about all the great things they've done, including, you know, firing folks at Blizzard, revamping hiring practices, greater transparency, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we strive to be a company that recognizes and celebrates the diverse talents and perspectives that led to the creation of great globally appealing entertainment. We have provided the department with clear evidence that we do not have gender pay or promotion disparities. Our senior leadership is increasingly diverse with a growing number of women in key leadership roles across the company. We share the department's goal of a safe, inclusive workplace that rewards employees equitably and are committed to setting an example that others can follow. What's interesting about that, right, is if you go back to the first video where we talked about IGN's response and it was just crazy in terms of a corporate response. This, especially the last paragraph, is almost to the word exactly what I suggested. You would say, if you're a company that wants to actually have a public relations relationship with the people that are reading your messages, we share the state's goals. We like justice. We like to eliminate disparities. We believe in people. We just think the state is aimed at the wrong target. That's what you say in this context. And now that Activision's saying it, Unfortunately, after a lot of missteps, I don't think it holds much water to many, and I can't really blame them for that. Then we get one last update in respect of the shredding controversy. An Activision Blizzard spokesperson later amended the statement to explicitly deny the accusations of document shredding by the California Department. With regards to claims that we have destroyed information by shredding documents, those claims are not true. We took appropriate steps to preserve information relevant to the investigation. Much like proper above, relevant to the investigation is going to very much vary across Activision and California. Now, I think this first sentence actually probably goes too far. I have no doubt that Activision is regularly destroying information. Every company does. That's a good business practice. 
But what they mean is they haven't destroyed information that relates to the investigation and they took the proper steps to preserve it. This is going to be a fight that's had in front of a judge in all likelihood. As we've talked about, settlement is still the most likely outcome here, especially after Activision softened its position against the state of California. But California is trying to put the screws to the company a little bit, showing that discovery is going to be meaningful as part of this process. That's what Activision will be afraid of most. And that accusing Activision of getting rid of documents that the state of California needs makes it so they might well get a court injunction preventing Activision from doing what it ordinarily likes to do with documents that maybe don't relate to this investigation at all and could present even a bigger hurdle for their perspective litigation. So at the end of the day, California putting the screws to Activision, maybe going a step or two too far with some of the language that they use, but things are heating up as we await Activision's defensive response to all of this. Are they going to have a response? I suspect they will, and we'll be analyzing it here in virtual legality. If you enjoyed this episode, we're talking about the business and law, video games, pop culture, and more all the time in this space. Please consider supporting the channel. We've got a Patreon. We've got thanks. we got super chats when we're live. we got other ways to support the channel below. Please check one out. Or if you just want to subscribe, upvote, leave a comment, tell your friends, help the algorithm. Every single little bit helps. And I love you all for every little bit that you do that helping. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.